All right. Good evening, folks. How are we doing tonight? I tell you what, I am sore. I'm sore from work. Um, also, I got Ring Fit Adventure, so my thighs are nuts. I feel like I walked up and down maybe 500 plus steps on a mountain shrine. But you know who did actually do that? That's right. Not only you know, but also Miyako in episode three of season two of Hidamari Sketch, May 27th, titled Lion Dog Monster. Welcome back to 365 Days at Hidamari So. Um, all right. Uh, pretty simple one here. This one's a favorite. This one's a real fond favorite of mine. Um, I think it's one of my favorite, like, low-key episodes where there's not a huge central gag so much as there is like a central like mild event that i think has a lot of like internal emotional repercussions for you know and watching it chronologically i sort of realized that um it's a bit more context to it than i initially thought um we're gonna do our usual where i just explain the events of the episode in chronological order and then we sort of pick out some important stuff as it comes up um a funny bit here um, the second May episode, second episode in a row where she wakes up before her alarm clock. Um, I love this. I love the idea of her getting so on top of her routine, so comfortable that on her day off, she's beating her alarm clock by like a half hour. That's crazy. I wish that was me today. Let me tell you, I got like four hours of sleep and then I worked for nine. So I'm, I'm just toast. I'm, I'm run over. Um, Man, a day off. I fucking wish that was me, let me tell you. Um, this is a great little day out. Uh, I like going on a transit with someone where, like, you're friends, but I think that everyone has really weird little transit habits. Like, I have this buddy where we'll travel home from D&D together, and he always picks the exact same spot to stand in on the car every time. It's awesome. He's so consistent. It's a good spot too. It's like it's it's this prime prime real estate prime standing real estate because it's like inside the opposite car door, so no one's gonna open that shit and you can just lean on it. It's it's really good. Um yeah, standing on transit, awesome. Surfing on transit, also awesome. I would never offer my seat to a high schooler who was having fun. I despise the concept of this. So that guy is brave, a lot braver than me. But I would not do that shit. Even if it was Yuno and Miyako, though, I don't know, maybe, maybe. I I'm a pretty big fan, so it's hard to say. Um, uh, the meat of the episode is, of course, the shrine visit that they do, where they visit the shrine to sketch. I guess shrine visit is misleading in this context. Um, classic Yoshinoya gag with the handsome Osan uh, shrine priest. Fantastic stuff. We discussed that at length in the episode, so I'm going to keep it brief on that one. Um, now, the central event of the episode is the random little girl visiting Yuno and saying can I have your drawing um this is huge and I realized watching it this way this is not only a really um interesting fun way for Yuno to sort of like encounter positive feedback to her work from an unexpected place it is like chronologically the first time that she has this huge sort of like affirming feedback moment um, there's a lot of moments in the first year of schooling where, like, there's, like, the art festival or, like, um, the Brutus bust stuff. There's, like, there's a lot of moments where she's doing art and getting feedback on it directly, often positive, often from Yoshinoya. But I like that the first, like, really significant one for her is from a completely anonymous source, like, functionally, like, a total, like, a total stranger 
functionally as someone that like you know like an anonymous comment but like a positive one right it's like i really love the power that it has to just reaffirm her confidence in her work it's so beautiful that kid's an angel um the kid's a little angel she stands there she channels the beam in that one pose that pose is awesome it's very funny it gets me every time um I also love the cut from you know Miyako on the subway snoozing directly to Sai and Hiro hanging out just politely in Sai's room. That's just so oh mwah. every single cut from you know Mia to Sai Hiro, that's that's some Kuleshov right there. That's that good Kuleshov. Um, I love that every time it happens. I love it. Um, one of my favorite very understated punchlines is the discussion they have about the pencil toppers. I'm assuming that they're also erasers, but they just look like pure rubber. I imagine that uh, Miyako's right. They look like they don't erase very well. But uh, this this conversation always cracks me up because the punchline of just being her blankly staring with no reaction is a pretty unusual joke for Hida Sketch to pull off. And it's, it's it's good. Classic. Classic bit. Very funny. Any joke where Yuno um, gets like, you know, she gets like baby moded is like very funny. Um, really good stuff. We have, of course, an important visit from the landlady. Um, she's doing one of her odd jobs again, another crazy little odd job, taking photos for estate properties. Um, I love this one. This is a funny, funny job to have and also not know how to read a map. Like, just, just, she's so cool. How does she do it? Sorry for the burp. I'm not going to edit that out. I'm very tired. Um, we have another little follow-up on a room 203 incident um, from Hero. Uh, a rare, a rare One Piece style laugh from the Oya sign. She goes, ka, ka, ka. And that, that's fantastic. You gotta love it. It's good every time. Um, I gotta start laughing like that. Oh my god, it was Drake fearing to people. It's so fun. Ka, ka, ka. Uh, interesting. We have the buttered natto chips. Um, the buttered natto chips are crazy. I would love to try them. I was discussing natto at work today with my coworkers. We're talking about natto. I said I'd had some, and it's crazy. There is nothing else like it. It was kind of bad, but I had like very cheap natto. So I would, I think I said this also on the podcast. But like natto is crazy. I'd love to try good natto. I bet the buttered natto chip is kind of awesome because natto is so funky, and I bet it would be nice and salty as well, like a miso flavor kind of thing. I don't know. Seems cool. The buttered aspect always just seemed like it was to balance out the fact that it was going to be milder by being in a potato chip rather than straight natto. I don't know. I always think like um, chip flavor scientists are kind of like geniuses, but they often do way too much good for their own good. Like, I think it's weird when you pick up um, a Pringles or something or like some of those like Lay's like like one off flavors. And you taste it and it says chicken taco and it just tastes exactly like a chicken taco. Like that's weird. I think that that's like some like Star Trek holodeck shit and no doubt they're good at their job, but it's a little bit surreal. Anyways, I would tr try the, the buttered natto chips. Uh, we have a little Natsume cameo. Fantastic. Is this her first one in the series? Um, I think it is. Except for when she's the proctor at Yuno's exam. I believe this is her first appearance in the year, but it doesn't really like impact Yuno, so I wouldn't really consider it, like a chronologically important event. You know what I mean? 
like the chat that uh, Yoshinoi has with Kua with Kuahara Sensei is really cute, but like chronologically, it's not like important because it's it's very much framed as okay, like the chronological view. The 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 point of this is to sort of tease apart how Yuno's year develops. There's a lot of um, a couple external aspects to Yuno, like Yoshinoya and the principal, maybe the landlady that have little side plots happening that are that are very deliberately asynchronous right like yoshinoya's behavior and her character is a consistent trait it doesn't really develop or change over the course of the show so instances of her doing um her type of bullshit you know i feel like those are the rare moments where i'm not noticing something in this chrono watch through um always love seeing her obviously but but yeah, her and like Natsume, the Natsume size stuff, maybe. Um, I would actually, you know what, I'll pay attention to that. I wonder if the Natsume size stuff resolves in any meaningful way or like evolves at all. Because I think when you're watching it asynchronous, she's definitely just the same tsundere all the way through. Oh my god, sorry, I burped again, pardon me. I'm so sorry about that one. Um, the biggest Natsume moment I can think of is probably the New Year's Shrine visit. I'm looking forward to seeing where that lands on the timeline. Uh, and then closing off with some more food stuff here. Um, I was talking with someone yesterday. I was talking with Iris and I said, the only time I've ever seen someone eat bugles is when Yuno and Miyako do the bugles homosocial role play in this episode. And it's very funny. I, I don't th I don't like bugles. I think I've had them like one time. They're like a little too eh. Like they have like that like frito staleness. Uh, they're bad, but they're cool if you can do gay stuff, I guess. So that's awesome. Um, really good background gag. This one's a fun one. Um, I also kind of like how once again they're hanging out in Yuno's room to sort of like you can like it's not highlighted, but I think a lot of these uh, together scenes happen in Hero's room. I've noticed that they happen in Yuno's room more when the caterpillar is there, and I wonder if that's on purpose. Um, maybe maybe it's a coincidence. I don't know. We'll see. But cute seeing the caterpillar. Very fun. Um, I wonder if we see the caterpillar in every episode between um, the start and end of the caterpillar saga. I'm really curious now, because so far we're two for two. Um, I guess my final note here is just that, um, Hero's L, Hero's biggest L in the entire first two seasons, I think, is this jelly discussion. This is the one moment where she truly gets owned, uh, and it is quite funny. Um, she got destroyed by logic. It is such a sad time. Um, pretty funny though, honestly. Like, I like, I like the joke about, like, oh, it's fine, it's diet jelly, so you can just, like, it's diet coke, you can add sugar to it. It's it's a good joke. It's just a good bit. Um, her biggest L, maybe, ever to date, um, but you do get the extremely epic pout gif out of it, so, like, it's worth it. The pout sakuga outweighs all of her uh, L taking. Um, yeah, pretty simple episode. I talked about this one at length in the full episode because I really like this episode. It's got great, um, sorry, we talked, I said episode like four times. We talked about this at length in the podcast where we discussed season two. Um, but I love this episode. It's got a great vibe to it. Um, it is one of the first times you see the whole city, which I really love. Um, really sweet, really cute, great vistas, um, really cool one-off character with a cool, with a cool impact on Yuno's career and her life.
All right. Um, thanks so much for joining me for this one. I'll see you again in like a week or two. I guess these are pretty consistent now. A week or two, maybe more, maybe less. I think it's I think it's like a week and a half. Okay. Bye. Mm -hmm.